Happy Father's Day to all of the men that are here at New Birth today. I want to encourage you that we're going on a ride of our lives here at New Birth as we embrace summer at New Birth. For the next seven Sundays, we're going to have an experience like none before. We're going to go on a journey. God's our captain. We're going to a destination. And there are specific things we're going to talk about throughout this series that we believe is going to bless your life. Number one, who's your captain? in your life, in your family, in your home. Who's your captain? Number two, do you have the right gear? Do you have an anchor? Do you have a lifesaver? What are things do you have on your boat that will take you safe to your destiny? Number three, when storms arise, what do you do in the middle of a storm? So these are topics that we're gonna be talking about this entire summer that we believe will bless you. And also, you need to have young people to help you, help you take the load help you take this journey to the next realm. It's gonna be a party, we're gonna have fun, it's gonna be a celebration, you can miss it for the world. So every father, every mother, every member of our church, we wanna encourage you to be here summer at New Birth as we sail into God's purpose for our lives, we're gonna have a blast. Amen, amen, amen. We getting ready to sail this summer. Somebody says, oh yeah. Listen, for the next seven Sundays, including today, we want to encourage every single person in this room not to miss a Sunday for nothing in your life. We're going to spend this entire summer talking about getting to where God wants us to go. We're going to talk about uh, the importance of enjoying life, but also the process of that life we are going to live as we get towards the destination God has for us. And so I want to encourage everybody, everybody, everybody to sanctify these next seven weeks. And the reason why I, do, I say this is because there's a tendency for many to stop going to church during the summer. Can I get an amen? Um, I don't know what it is, but people tend to backslide in the summer. People tend, people tend to leave church in the summer. As a matter of fact, I had a friend of mine in New York. He used to go to my old church, and he would, he would give his life to Jesus every September. <laughs> and he will serve God from September to May. And when it was summertime, he would backslide. And he was, you'll see all of his pictures, him in clubs and, and drinking and smoking and cussing and carrying on. And every September, he was at the altar, giving his life to Jesus. And, 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 and it's funny, but it's true. As a matter of fact, let me just say this. Most of the churches here in America, most of the churches in America, uh, when they do their budgets, when they do their planning, when they do their uh, uh, calendar, they, they factor in absence of the church members during the summer. Matter of fact, matter of fact there, is, there is a book called Barna. Barna is a book of church statistics, and statistics say that Christians tend to leave church or not come to church during the summer. And it is a time of the year where most churches don't evangelize. It is a time of the year where many churches don't do the work of the church because their members are on cruises, vacations, and boats. And, and all that is great. All that is great. And I take my cruises and I go on vacation. But, but to not come to church... Seven weeks because vacation. And so my, my goal is, my goal is, Lord, help us as a church 
to break that trend this summer. Help us as a church to break that habit. Help us as a church. And here's what I want you to do, church. For the next seven weeks, look at the person beside you. Look at the person beside you. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. The person in back of you. Look at the person in back of you. Look at the person. Come on. Look at the person in back of you. And I want you to make a mental attendance for the next seven weeks on that person you just saw. Okay? If that person you just said hi to doesn't come to church in three weeks, he just backslid. Like, it's just backslid, okay? So we got we to gotta pray for them and invite them to the Lord and do them a prayer. <laughs> People tend not to come to church because of summer. People tend not to come to do you, do you not go to work because of summer? But pastor... My job pays my check. Yeah, but the church feeds your soul. So, so, so this summer, this summer, this church, this, I don't know about no other church, this church, we're not going to backslide in the summer. We're not going to backslide. And so, so part of our planning is to create specific things throughout these seven weeks of summer to engage the church, to be part of the church throughout the summer. And so that's why you all got a little bookmark. Well, you're going to get a bookmark as you leave. Make sure you get the bookmark. Because in that bookmark, we're going to give you a, a list of things we're going to be doing these seven weeks that are not just related with service. We're going to do a movie night. We're going to do uh, uh, some games, volleyballs, and some stuff. We're going to do a bunch of stuff throughout the summer so that the church can get engaged and the church can stay connected so that we don't have to tell you, come to the visitor's corner in September. <laughs> if there's ever a time the church needs to be connected is in the summer. If there's a time ever that the church needs to be collectively connected as a church is in the summer. Now, so today we're going to start a series, and I'm, it's not even going to sound like a preaching because I'm just introducing the series. Um, 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 but I, I want to talk a little bit about today, uh, where are we going the next six weeks? Where are we going? Why are we speaking about what we're speaking at Summer at New Birth? Why? So for the next several weeks, we'll be talking about today, we're going to talk about your checklist. I don't know if you've ever been on a boat, if you've ever been on vacation. If you ever, I mean, my wife, my wife, my wife, my, my, my wife. <laughs> oh, that's right. She ain't cooking. I could talk. My wife, um, <laughs> no, my, my, my wife, when we go to Walgreens, when we go to Publix, when we go to Walmart, no matter where we go, my wife always has a list, a list. And even if she's going to buy a, a, a dozen of eggs, she writes on that list a dozen of eggs even if that's the only thing she's going to buy. I'm like, baby, baby, you don't have to write it. It's just a dozen of eggs. I have to write it. I just got to write it. And so, and so it's, important, it's important to have a checklist because how ironic would it be that you go into Walmart, right? You go to Walmart because you needed a dozen of eggs. When you get in Walmart, you get so caught up. Have you been to not, not Walmart? They, they get mad, mad flashy. Not Walmart, you come in, and there's a, there's a chick there in Walmart with a tray giving you stuff to eat. You ever see that? Like, you want some? Is it, some the Mexicans uh, churros? You, you want a churro? At first, I was like, what? You calling me churro? What's up with you? 
So like, you want a churro, and you walk, and you walk in, and you walk in, and you can get caught up in the churros, and you can go, and then when you walk in, when you go in, you get the churros, and right to the right, they got the Chinese that do your nails, and right next to that, they got a, 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 a glasses center, and, and you can get caught up in the hoop of the, of the Walmart, you can actually forget why you went to Walmart. You can get distracted by the, oh, my God, they got this on sale. Oh, my God, 20, 20 gallons of water for 15 cents. Oh, my God. And you can get so caught up in, the, in what they're presenting you that you forget why you went there. And so having a checklist is important because as you go on your journey, which is where God wants you to be, there are going to be a lot of distractions along the way, and you got to make sure that you don't get everything they offer you except what God has for you. So today we're going to talk about a checklist. Throughout the week, we're going to talk about the importance of leaving Doc. The importance of leaving Doc. Many Christians stay at the dock all of their Christian lives. We're going to talk about it's important for you to leave dock. The next thing we're going to talk about, where are you going? Which has to do with direction. Has to do with, why are you a Christian? Why are you coming to church? Why are you clapping hands? Where are you going? Next thing we're going to talk about, who's your captain? Who's your captain? And please don't say you because if you're the captain, your ship is going to, is going to wreck. The next thing we're going to talk about is the storms that are coming ahead. How do we confront the storms? How do we handle the challenges? That's what we're going to talk about. The, the next thing is we're called. The next thing is saving lives. Every person in this room should be a lifesaver. And lastly, we're going, to, we're going to talk about the difference between nets and rods. But today, we're going to talk about what's in your checklist. Today, we're going to be doing a checklist of what we need before we go to sail. And this is important because a checklist speaks of preparation. And preparation is crucial for success. Don't expect you to get a good grade on an exam you don't prepare for. Don't expect you to get a promotion in your job when you don't prepare at that job. If you want to be successful in anything, you've got to prepare in that thing. So the question is, do we all have what we need before we set sail? What do you have in your boat? What do you have on your boat? I got a kayak behind me. I was trying to get a boat, but I got a kayak, and thank God for the kayak. Yeah, yeah, thank God for the kayak. Because now, while I was thinking about the kayak, the Lord's ministered to me as well. Because sometimes God is calling us to go on a boat ride, and we'd rather go on a kayak. Now, what's the difference between a boat and a kayak? Kayak is adventurous. Kayak is for fun. A boat is for purpose. I'm going to go on a boat. I'm going to catch some fish. You go on a kayak. <laughs> That's hot. Let's do it again. <laughs> you ever seen them pictures of people kayaking on a, on, a, on, a, on a river, and they're paddling, and they're having a blast, and it's cool. Just, yeah. And they're going with the flow, and, 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 and they, don't, they don't decide where they go. The water decides for them. They go with the flow of life, and it becomes a journey of fun. And let me tell you, the church, we are going on a destiny, and we're not going with the flow. If we were to go with the flow of life, we would be nowhere where we are today. So we got to understand that, yeah, God don't want us to be a kayak Christian. He wants us to be people of purpose, knowing where we're going in the Lord. 
do you have what you need before you go sail? Many, many, many times, many, many, many times, we have on our boat things we don't need. We do. We do. Some of y'all, some of y'all, when y'all go packing, when y'all go on vacation, you know, some of y'all women, when y'all go on vacation, y'all only go on vacation for three days, and y'all take three luggages. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, Lord Jesus, but, but. 72 hours. How is it? <laughs> no, no, Pastor, it's because in this maleta, I got, you know, the just-in-case stuff because, you know, and I need my, my, my eyeliner, I need my mascara, I need somewhere to put my wig at, and, and I got all this stuff, and then in the other luggage, you got stuff you, you just don't need. You just don't need. No, this, this is the picture I took with my cousin 25 years ago because I might see him when I go on the trip, and you never know, so I want to have it ready, and you take all this stuff, and I'm like, Lord, have mercy. You're paying. You're, you're, no, no, no. My, my question is, okay, you know where you're going. You're on a boat. You're going somewhere, but what do you have in there that's going to help you along your journey? What do you have in your boat? What do you have in your boat? What do you have in your boat? How stupid would it be for you to take a microwave on a boat? <laughs> take rollerblades on a boat. Where you go? Where you going? <laughs> Jewelry on a boat. Well, so the fish can see your boat. <laughs> Some things we are carrying in our lives we don't need. But it, it makes us look good. It makes us look prestigious. It makes us look like we're on. It makes us look like we got it. It makes us look, and I'm here to tell you, it, this is not a matter how you look. This is a matter of where you're going. Because you could look nice and be who you are for the rest of your life, but if you're walking towards a purpose, you got to have the right equipment so that as you counter the storms of life, you don't succumb to the problem, but you're ready, prepared, and equipped, and have your checklist ready to combat the enemy before you. What's your checklist? What do you have that you're carrying with that you know you don't need? And what do you don't have that you know that in this, this, in this, in this, in this journey you're going to, you need to have? What's on your boat? You know what? The first thing you need to make sure you have on your boat is Church, if I fall, don't laugh, okay? You need to have... Uh, first of all, let me just start off by saying this. What's the purpose of a boat? To take you by means of water from one point to the other. The boat... Or in this case, a kayak, a boat does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. None of us can walk on water. If we were capable of walking on water, we wouldn't need a boat. The only one that I remember walked on water was Jesus and Peter. And Peter almost died in the process. 
So we can't walk on water, nor can't we breathe in the water long enough to sustain a journey through the river or through the sea or through the ocean. So the boat becomes an agent that does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. The boat becomes an instrument that takes us, it becomes a means by which we can transition from one state to the other, but if it was not because of this, we could have had all of the equipment necessary, but without a boat, you can't do nothing. So a boat represents what God does. For, listen, there are some things that God does for us that if he doesn't do for us, it don't matter what you have on your life, it don't matter how much degrees you got on your wall, it don't matter how much money you got on your bank, it don't matter if you got the best job in downtown Orlando, there are some things that if you don't got God, you can have it all and go nowhere. So God becomes this thing called the boat, which is nothing else than his church, where he says, I'm going to do through you what you can do for yourself, which is take you towards your destination. But now I need to ask you the question, what do you have inside the thing I gave you by grace so that you can get there? Because I can't, listen, listen, listen. There are things that God will not do for us that he expects us to do ourselves. But then there are things that God knows that we can't do for ourselves that then God says, I got you on this one. I'll save you, I'll redeem you, I'll justify you, I'll sanctify you, I'll glorify you, because you can't do that for yourself. Now, here's what you got to do. Walk in the Spirit. Read the Word. Come to church. Seek my face. Be faithful. Control your anger. Be a person of the fruit of the Spirit. Those things I ain't going to do for you because that's what you're going to learn as you're in the boat. Because, because while you're dealing with your nasty attitude and your nasty character and your ugly self and you're going crazy, whenever the devil try to whisper in your ear, you know good for nothing, tell the devil, time out, devil, I'm still in the boat. And I'm going to have an attitude, but I got an attitude on the boat. And if I got an attitude on the boat and God hasn't kicked me off the boat, it's because he knows that by the time I get to my destiny, my character's going to change, my attitude's going to change, my disposition's going to change. But if I ain't got nothing to change my attitude, and I get there, so God says, what you got on your boat? Well, the first thing you need is... What I call a navigational system. This is the first thing you need on your boat. Before you think about the color nail polish you're going to put in the boat, before you think about the tank tops you want to put on guys to show your muscles and your biceps and your triceps and your... <laughs> before, before, before you do all that, you need this. Because some of us, we look so, man, man, if you, were able to, if you were able to stand here and see what I see, how good y'all all look from here. Oh, my God, y'all look so nice. But if you don't have this and you don't know where you're going, the problem is, the problem is, the problem with not knowing where you're going is that where you are today is your destiny. If you don't know where you're going, where you're at, you made it. And, and you can fall, we can fall in the entrapment of being content, being nowhere because we don't know where we're supposed to be. 
And this is why many church people live their Christian life for years, sitting on the same bench, clapping to the same songs, parking in the same parking spot, sitting in the same spot, the same lingo, the same stuff. Because why? Because they're coming, and they're coming, and they're coming, but they don't know why they're coming, and they have no purpose. And everybody got purpose, but the problem is you don't know your purpose because you don't have this thing called the navigational system that's going to tell you what you need to do. And here's the power of navigational systems because navigational systems has the capacity of informing you where you need to turn, where you need to go, when you need to stop, and when you need to move forward. And when you don't have a navigational system, you're going to go by your feelings. But I'm grateful that the person who made this GPS did not put on this GPS emotions and feelings. Because if this had feelings and emotions, if I would let it fall and it got mad at me and I said, now, can you take me to over there because she's pissed off at me because I dropped her. She'd be like, she probably sent me to, to, to Kentucky somewhere. But, 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 but because it doesn't have emotions and because it doesn't go by how it feels, it goes by what it knows. It doesn't matter that, that I, the atmosphere, you know what I'm saying? So, so when you have this GPS, which is nothing other than the Holy Spirit of God in your life, the Holy Spirit of God in your life, He's not concerned about how you feel. He's not concerned about who pissed you off. He's concerned about taking you. That's why the Bible says that the Spirit of God is going to lead me towards all righteousness and towards truth. He's not going to lead me to an emotional in balance. He's not going to lead me to an emotional precipice. He's going to lead me to truth and he's going to lead me to righteousness. And all I got to do is in the middle of the storm, stay tuned to the ear, to the spirit of the Lord and let the spirit of God lead me. And wherever he lead, I'm going to follow because I want to get where I got to get. And the only one that knows how to get there is the Holy Ghost. You need this in your life. Here's one thing about the navigational system. I got mine, right? Mine is connected to my car. When I, when I, when I put, my, when I put my, my, my phone and I attach for the music and I'm hearing worship, right? And I'm in the middle of the worship. Oh, out of left field. Turn right on Carroll Avenue in 0.3 miles. And she's just... Jack jaked up my worship. I was like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, no see the name. And then they turn right on the next corner to sit. <laughs> she messed me up. She doesn't care what I'm singing about. She doesn't care how I feel. Her job is to give me instructions and to give me direction. Her job is to tell me, if you keep going at the rate you're going, distracted by how you feel and by the singing and the karaoke, you're going to sing nowhere. But my job is to inform you that there's a right you got to make, there's a turn you got to turn, there's a stop you got to make, because I want you to get to Listen. My job as a pastor is not to entertain you and make you feel happy when you come to church. My job is to take you someplace. My job is to let you know that you're here today, but tomorrow you got to be over there. And I might not sound what you want to hear, but the Bible says that I'm called to tell you where you need to go so that when you get there, you give God glory. Do you have your navigational system? You have it. 
And here's why you need it. Matthew 7, 14 says. Listen to this. Because many Christians don't make it because they don't have this. Matthew chapter number 7, 14 says. But the gate is narrow. And the way is difficult that leads to life. And only if you find it. To get to your destiny, ain't going to be a big wide span of space. Uh-uh. It's going to be narrow. It's going to be tumultuous. It's going to be difficult. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit guiding you and the Holy Spirit giving you a path and He keeps ordering your steps, you might be in the church stuff and not find it. You might be in the church experience and not make it. You might be a religious person and miss out God's purpose. And God is telling us today, I know the gate is wide, the path is wide that leads to perdition. But look what he says, the gate that leads to salvation is narrow. That's why you got to follow the Holy Spirit. What else you need? Hmm. We need paddles. You know why? What does this represent, church? Hiya! No, I don't know. <laughs> what does it represent? What does the paddle represent? The paddle represents teamwork. It represents working as a team. And you contextualize that church, family, spouse. To get to your destiny, you cannot do it alone. I don't care what nobody tells you. To get where God wants you to go, listen, God always used people to take other people other places. Let me, let me give you an example. Who is Jesus? Jesus is who? God, right? He's God. Did you know that Jesus did not start his public ministry until a person by the name of John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world? Jesus is God. And Jesus could not start his ministry until another man pointed him out. You can't do this. You will never make it to your destiny by yourself. You need people. You know why? You know why you need? You know why? Because sometimes, sometimes the sail is going to be so cool that you don't need paddles. Sometimes the, 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 the engine on the boat, this is a kayak, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the engine on the boat may break down and you can't use the engine on the boat. But luckily, when you have paddle, in this context, when you have the paddles, you have somebody in the back and you have somebody in the front. And what happens is while you are rowing, remember that song, row, row, row. That's a lie of the devil. <laughs> because there ain't nothing merrily about rowing the boat. Rowing a boat gets you tired. Rowing a boat hurts your arms. Rowing a boat is painful. Rowing a boat means your engine broke. Rowing a boat means ain't nothing, life ain't no dream. Life is a nightmare. But the good thing about rowing a boat is I might be in my storm right now, but I'm going to row my way out, and I'm not by myself because I got my neighbor behind me. Listen, 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 listen. I don't know how people do church by themselves. 
people do church by themselves. This is, listen, this, doing church is hard. Doing church is not easy. I don't know how people don't do church, do church by themselves. When the psalmist says in Psalms 133, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to be together in harmony. I don't understand how people have fun doing church by themselves. You can't do this by yourself. The Bible says, where two or three are gathered in my name. But we got to do it as a teamwork. As a teamwork. Not pastor, because if I put him to do it, then he's going to get all the glory. What is that? What is that? Uh-uh. I'd rather get there by myself. At the end of the day, I'm the man. No, there's no man here. He's the man and we're servants. We got to understand, to get to our destiny, we need, we need, we need our paddles. We need to work as a team. This represents teamwork. This represents unity. This represents we're not doing this by ourselves. This represents that together we're going to make it. This represents that we are a body, that we are a church, that we're not divided. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. He says, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part's working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We have to understand that we are all important in this thing called church. We are all important in this thing called family. We are all important in this thing called purpose. Now, what else do you need? You need Oh, sorry. Why do we need this? Because sometimes it gets so dark. To get to our journey, we're going to have dark moments. We're going to have storms to such a degree that some of us may fall off the boat. And people can hear, can see us. And people can visually look at us. And people can visually have contact with us. But right in the middle of your storm, this is one of the most important things you need to have, which is sounding the alarm of help. So that while you're in the middle of your storm, you can sound the alarm and you can let everybody else around you of your circumstance for what purpose, Pastor? So that while you are in the middle of your chaos, while you're out in the middle of your crisis, you can sound the alarm or put the hand flares of fire and let somebody know where you're at. Look what the Bible says. We need to be alert. This talks about alert. This, whenever you hear this on the sea, that doesn't mean that the Chicago Bulls made a three-point shot. When you hear this on the sea, that doesn't mean that uh, 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 the, the Golden State Warriors are going to lose. I, I, I don't mean that. When, when, when you hear this in the sea, when you hear this in the sea, what it tells you is somebody is sounding the alarm because danger is about to come. When you make this noise in the middle of the sea, what it's telling you is something that's not normal is about to happen, so we got to get ready because a storm, an attacker, a pirate is coming. Look what the Bible says, First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, be alert 
and sober mind for your enemy the devil is prowling like a lion looking who to devour so that on your journey to your purpose when the devil shows up let the devil know I'm not alone I got you I'm like preach it because he's out to destroy you He's out to destroy your marriage. He's out to destroy your family. He's out to destroy your business. And you can't let him in your boat. The moment you see him coming. That doesn't sound right. You got to sound the alarm. When sin tries to get in your home, sound the alarm. When the devil tries to get in your mind, sound the alarm. What else you need in there? Again, this is a kayak. We need to understand that we're not on this boat ride. Listen to me. This boat is not a cruise. This boat is a fishing ship. You go to cruise, a cruise has probably 4,000 people in it. And 10% of the people on the cruise does 100% of the work. And that's called a crew. You go out there, you get suntan lotion, your brand new bathing suits, and almost 4,000 passengers all they do is get pampered while the little bit amount of people do all of the work and the most people do nothing. This is not a cruise line. This is a fishing boat. And in a fishing boat, everybody fishes. But, 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 look, but look at this. In, this. in this boat, we don't fish with a, with a rod. Uh-uh. What's that? Let me see. What is that? Come here. Right? This is what you do, right? Uh, hopefully, I don't poke nobody's eye out. You go like this, right? You go like this, you go. You go. Oh, wow. I still got it. Right? When you go fishing with a fishing rod, this is what you do. You say, you know what? Today, I'm going to go fish some grouper, right? And so when you're going to go fish for grouper, you go to the fishing place, right? <laughs> I, y'all know I don't know how to fish. Okay. All right. All right. And you buy bait, you buy bait for grouper. If you say, I want to go fish salmon today, you go where they sell bait, and you bite the bait that is suitable for salmon. So when you go fishing with a rod, you're doing selective fishing. Today I want to eat a good salmon. I'm not interested in a blue in a blue fish. I'm not interested. In a, no, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not interested. I, I, I want a salmon. So you go out wherever the salmon fishes are, and you go fish for salmon because that's what you want. That's your preference. 
This church is not a fishing rod church. Because God didn't give us a fishing rod. God gave us nets. What's the difference between a fishing rod and a net? A fishing rod, you say, this is what I want. Or a net says, this is what God wants. And the problem is, when you, when you throw in a net and you, you don't know what's coming out, it could be a shoe, it could be a tire, it could be a license plate, it could be a crab, it could be a shrimp, it could be an eel. But you're saying, if this is what God has given me, it might be 20 eels with a lot of electricity in it, but I'm going to make those eels worthy of the name of God. And I might not get a bluefish, and I might not get shrimp, and I might not get nothing. It might be an alligator, but I'm going to love that alligator like Jesus loves that alligator. What do you got in your boat? Pastor, you know what, I'm a fishing rod person, you know. So whenever you do outreach, whenever you do outreach, like in the, in the prestigious community, I'll, I'll join. Whenever you, whenever you do outreach, like, 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 you know, bougie communities, I'm in. But Pastor, don't, don't tell me to do outreach with the homeless. I, I, I can't be with stinky people. No, no, I don't, I don't fish that. I fish Winter Park. When the mirror, I, I, I fish Lake Nona forward. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not who we are. That none should perish, the Bible says. So what do you have on your boat? Another thing you need is you need the right gear. Watch it. Watch, 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 watch this. Watch this. You got to see this. This is really, really incredible. <laughs> What's so funny? I just put on a bell, huh? Can I say the joke first and then you laugh? Like, <laughs> am I that funny? All right, all right, all right. Okay, here we go. I got this. Look at this. I feel like Batman has utility belt. Look at this. I got this. I got fishing rod. Uh -huh. If you look at me in the street, imagine me walking through OBT like this. <laughs> That's hilarious. Imagine. I'm walking like this OBT. The first assumption you're going to have is, wow, that guy, that guy could catch big fish. <laughs> look at him, look at him, look at him, look at him, look at him. Every five minutes he's looking at his GPS, look at him. When he goes out fishing, he catch all type of fish, look at him. I look like a fisherman. I got everything, I got everything. Look at that. I got everything. I got the hooks. Yo, I got everything. I got everything. Like, I look like I can fish. Like, guys, guys, have you, those of you that like to play basketball, have you ever showed up to a basketball court and you wanted to play next? And there was like five people waiting to be playing to play next? Come on, let's be honest. 
Who would you pick in your team? Whoever had Jordans on, a basketball jersey on, and basketball shorts. If you saw somebody playing, I, I got next, and they got skippies and long jeans, nah, I don't want them on my team. He can't play. <laughs> right? See, see, when I, see, I'm not stupid. Every time I go play basketball, I put on the basketball shorts and the basketball sneakers and the basketball. I look like I can play. And so everybody wants to put me in their team till I dribble and I do double dribble, discontinue. I, I shoot in the other court. <laughs> and now they got to live with that choice. Some of us, some of us, some of us look like this when we come to church. When the world sees, wow, he's a good Christian. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Look at him and look at her. Every Sunday morning, she put their Sunday best outfit and they come to church early as early can be. Her makeup matches with her blouse and his pants match with his thigh. And we look good. But we never caught a fish a day of our lives. We never caught a fish. You never caught a fish. No one has ever come to Jesus because of you. No one. And they know you're a fisherman, and they know you're a Christian, and they know you, they know you go to church Sundays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and sometimes on the weekends. And they know you're in the choir, and they know you're in the worship, and they know, and they know, and they know. But they know, but they don't see nothing for what they know about you. Okay. So I'm on a boat. What did God tell us? We're here by grace. If it wasn't because of the boat, we wouldn't be nowhere. Number two, my checklist. I got my checklist. Talks about preparation, getting ready. Number three, I got the equipment I need necessary to get to my journey. And now I'm going to close with this. Because we got two options today. Option number one, stay just like this on the, on, on, on the dock, on the pier, and let everybody have a false impression of what we are not. My God, he could, look at him, he could fish. Look at that kayak, look at, the, look, look at him, look at him. But true fishermen don't look like this. True fishermen smell like fish. True fishermen, their nails are all cut up because they're hooking up bait. True fishermen are skinny, are tired. True fishermen, true fishermen have the scars of fishing. And so, this summer, these next six weeks, next Sunday we're going to talk about leaving dock. And we're going to talk about some of the things that we need to leave on the pier. Next Sunday we're going to talk about the rope you got to let go from your heart and from your life that doesn't let you get off and sail. We'll talk about that rope. But you first have to make an assessment of what do you have in your hands. And if God gave me these things, how can I use these things for His glory? How can I use this for His glory? Call it, call it, call it family. Call it money. Call it 
resources, call it business, call it calling, call it how do I use this for His glory? So church, we're going on sale. It's going to get tough. It's going to get rough. But for the next six weeks, God's going to take us on a journey so that when we get there, and this is a spiritual journey, when we get there, our eyes may open to a bigger picture. So tonight, <clears throat> this afternoon, I'm sorry, I want to pray. If there's someone here tonight, today, that you don't have Jesus in your heart, you don't have Jesus in your heart, but you got all this stuff, you got the job down packed, you got the degree, you got everything down packed, but you don't have Jesus in your heart. That's the number one thing you need on your checklist. And, 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 and in an effort of being successful, we focus on everything else. Gotta go to college, check, got to college. Gotta get a master's degree, check, got a master's degree. Now I'm gonna strive for my PhD, got it. Now I gotta buy me the house of my dreams, got it, check. Now I'm gonna get the car of my dreams. Got it. Check. Now, now, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to venture and I'm going to travel the world and I'm going to do this. And, I'm gonna, and you got all that list down packed. Now the question is, where is God in your equation? Because the only thing that guarantees you going to the next realm of life is Christ. For the Bible says, what good it is for the man to gain the entire earth, world and in the end lose his soul. So I want to pray. Visitor, if you're here today, if you don't have Jesus in your heart, that's the first, he's the first thing you need to put on that list. Jesus. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, it doesn't matter where you sail, it's going to fail. Because Jesus gives us this thing called the second person, the third person of the, of, of the, tri of the, of the Godhead called the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit that's going to guide us and lead us and direct our paths. So here's what I want to do, church. Would you please all, will you all just stand? Would you all stand? And I'm going to count to three. And if at the count of three, my friend, you that are here, you want to put Jesus in your, on, in your checklist and do what I did one August 16, 1989. I remember... I was in the Bronx, New York, and the preacher preached the message, inviting me, asking me to have Jesus in my heart, receive him. And I remember that day when it was time to make the decision. I was just so anxious because I just wanted to be free. I wanted to be saved. That when he said, who wants Jesus? I shot my hands up and I said, I want Jesus. Let me tell you, my friend, that was the best decision I've ever made in my life. When I made that decision, it, 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 in my spirit, it sounded like this. It sounded like this. It was like, it was like my eyes awoke to a reality. My eyes awoke to a new world. Today the Lord is saying, give me an opportunity. Let me come in your heart. Let me reign in your life. Give me a chance to change you forever.